0: Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I am here with Glenn Willis. We're recording on a Tuesday evening. Uh, on Monday, Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship. What? What's your overall feeling for what you saw in the finals? Uh, well,
1: it's funny because you and I both said this is going seven. We agreed on that um that didn't happen i mean denver was basically in charge the whole series you know and they they just had more talent and they knew how to uh maximize the talent in my view and you you watch miami play and miami just didn't have the offensive juice to overcome the defensive performance that Denver was putting out there And, and and i mean denver might have the best offensive player in the league on their team you know, I think the most unique offensive player in the league. I think that's to me that's clear. Um, so, even the Miami has Bam and a guy, a guy who is probably as, as equipped as any big man in the league to maybe kind of deal with what Jokic could do. But uh, it's, to me, it's you know, and I put this on Twitter. It's it's it, to me it was just um, rewarding to see an organization that believed in their star believed in their core and just kept trying to get better and adding and adding and adding and, and get there. And I, I think that generally choosing to go backwards on purpose is not a reliable path to kind of really getting where you want to go. You know, I mean, if things are broken people want out, you know, you know, situations get broken and you kind of have no choice. But I do think that generally that, continue to kind of get better and add to what you have is generally the, the best path. And it, it's just interesting to see um, a team that Denver, it feels like they were at this for a while and I think, and they were, you know, but must be really, really rewarding to see a, what, whatever you want to call a five-year process whatever, whatever, whatever number of years you want to call it. They got there. And I still think Jamal Murray is the guy that kind of really got them there with his commitments to defense um and just how hard he plays Uh, i remember when he came into the league you know people have these opinions like this is an offense all offense guard the defense is always going to be an issue and it just goes to show you that if guys put in the work they can develop themselves into being you know uh a real impact defender and if, if for Jamal it took time it took overcoming several injuries and and all that stuff, but yeah, just so so impressed with kind of what he's done, and then what the as a group collectively, their commitment to doing the things that you have to do to win a championship, which is play hard all the time, play together all the time, work hard on defense all the time. And you know, Michael alone had a zero tolerance policy for taking defensive positions off, and I think he knew that like that's the line he had to take with his group. You can't you can't coach a team like that for four or five years across all those you know. But he's like. You know, until we get the uh, who knows what'll be go. Who knows how it'll go from from here, but it was like no, we're not we're not accepting that at all, and that's that's what it took to get them there. And it was it was a fun fun thing to watch for me.
0: What what happened to Jimmy Butler in the series? Like, seemed like he'd had a a pretty successful postseason to that point.
1: I just think they made him work for everything, and I think that Denver was like, okay, you know. Caleb Martin's gonna make shots or Gabe Vincent or whoever. And I like both of those players. But this is the finals, you know, and uh and that's just that's just a lot. I think they also the I thought I think they also were saying to themselves that Bam wants to kind of dribble into you know twelve foot push shots or you know, whatever. And I like Bam a lot, you know. But I think I think Denver looks at that situation and it's like, yeah, let's Let's steer things in that direction and make it really, really hard for Jimmy. I, I think it was next to impossible for Jimmy to get to his spots in that series. And I think that showed up in the, in the step. But what did you see?
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know that he was. It, it seemed like maybe he was a little bit hurt. But I think sure. you know, if, there, if there's one thing that you want to have, if you're playing against him, it's just size. Just be big, be strong. And, you know, and Gordon's is painful With, yeah, with Gordon and Jokic, like Jokic, you know, obviously he's a good defender. Like, I mean, you you know, where on that scale he fits, but obviously he's good, but he's also just big. So if if you have somebody who's a smart, big defender who's there to help, plus a big defender who's already there guarding you on the ball, there's just, there weren't any crevices for him to really work into any space. Like, they they just had that sealed up for him.
1: Yeah. And when KCP found himself on him in possession or Jamal they just were super physical you know it, i don't know i don't know if they hit this if you if the series hit you this way but it was funny to me to watch miami as the series went on and they were in deeper and deeper trouble more physical more physical more which is absolutely the right thing to do right absolutely i'm not making fun of their approach at all right but to see a team try to get physical with a team built around jokic because like the physicality does not bother him at all, and and it's yeah. again, Miami was doing the thing, the thing you do, right? More physical, more intensity, more effort. You know, fight, fight, fight. And Jokic will just bounce off of you know three defenders on his way to his little six foot you know runner layup, and it it, I, it just kind of tickled me, you know, some to kind of see the way Jokic was just like unaffected by it, you know, and that's that's really unusual. That's really especially for a team that is on their first run to the finals, you know, a lot of teams are just like, whoa, you know, whether they get the conference finals or whatever, this is different, you know, what the refs are allowing is really different. And, you know, and you have to kind of calibrate yourself or recalibrate yourself for that. Jokic was just like, ah, whatever. (laughs) That was was just kind of a humorous kind of aspect for the, the viewing experience for me.
0: I just, you know, starting with the whole Butler thing, it felt to me like Miami had, you know, defensively, you know, I thought they were competent, like you said, as the series wore on, they got more and more physical and it got them some stuff on defense, but just offensively, it felt like they had players trying to do things of which they were not capable. Right. It it felt like they were – it felt like they got away from their identity a little bit. They were, you know, trying to make plays on the ball with guys like Struess and Martin and Vincent. And that just didn't seem to be the way to go. And, and it felt like they needed more creation, more initiation. I mean, obviously, Lowry helped, and he's a creator, but he's a 37-year-old creator. Right. But it just didn't feel like they had enough offensive creation uh, You know, maybe a a hero could make a difference for them on that end, uh, even if he'd take away from it on the other end, obviously. But uh, it just was kind of painful to watch at points.
1: (laughs) It was, and it wasn't like, I mean, Miami is as well-coached as any team in the league every day, right? And it wasn't as if they're saying, oh, we're going to, we want, Caleb, we want you to go one-on-one. This is our option A for, you know. Denver was forcing them into that. You know, absolutely. And and it's kind of funny because I don't know how many people noticed it, but even in game five, there was a long stretch in the second half where Denver was having to fight one-on-one. Like the ball stopped moving and they were having to attack one. Miami got them into attacking one-on-one, which is not what Denver wants to do either. Um, but I you know, I just I thought both teams were kind of doing a a really interesting job of trying to force the other into these uh you know one on one attacks in in space and and killing the ball movement and and all that sort of stuff so that was just you know super interesting to me
0: all right well uh i guess it's officially the off season time guess to talk about the draft
1: yeah i i'm i'm not all the way done yet but i'm 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 developing a I have a perspective I think around what I think I prefer the Hawks to do at fifteen, but I wanted to ask you that before we talk about a few players. I I think me if you agree. I think the Hawks are one of the teams more likely to make a trade contract. It just feels like um though with some of the objectives they might have, we don't know for sure, but just kind of connecting the dots in a in a in a sense. And so I, I don't I don't know how much Hawks fans should get like super invested in them making this pick. You know, what what's your kind of feeling or, or or thinking around that?
0: No, that 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 sounds right to me. Um I mean you only have to pick one player, but I think in addition to sort of the Hawks being relatively deep and having brought along some of their younger players to the point where they're probably ready to have rotation roles. I think if you just look at what the draft pool looks like from say pick thirteen to pick twenty three or something like that, kind of grim. Like I don't. I are there are there guys there that make you say ooh or wow to to me. I, I don't see a lot of value there. I just think that there's, I don't know. I I tried to, to do some of my homework for this and I just, I am mm. underwhelmed by the level of prospect there. And it just, you know, a lot of it is these players who are 19 years old, maybe nice. getting close to 20. And so, you know, those are the the players that you see in that role. And honestly, they have to learn how to play basketball, but even then, you know, just like the physical profiles or the shooting profiles, it just doesn't seem like any of them are going to be anywhere close to rounding out to being a, a full NBA player. Uh, you know, by and large, maybe, maybe maybe there are a couple in there, but, I, you know, in addition to just the Hawks' overall roster situation, uh, you know, taking that into account plus the level of prospect and the level of development they would need to, to sort of get to the place that they have to be where they could contribute. I would say that uh yeah, your your gut instinct sounds right to me.
1: Yeah, the last time the Hawks were slotted here, they ended up with Tim Hardaway Jr. Right. Oh, you mean slotted exactly at fifteen? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I was today I was trying to think, okay, who is the now version of Tim Hardaway Jr. I couldn't come up with anybody. I don't know.
0: That's know? that's the uh that was the opposite situation because they were desperate with as many sort of injury question marks as they had in that roster, they they mm-hmm. kind of had to bring somebody in. And again, to get somebody who was sort of ready made, they had to go to a current player and not a draftee. But yeah, yeah, they, that was yeah. that was the opposite desperation.
1: So I have I, so I I like some players in the range where at least where mocks are kind of placing guys. There's a few guys I like, but I, I think your broad uh, kind of. A description of this draft class and i even go from like six to 30 or I, i'm not sure what number okay. exactly. yeah i didn't
0: really Where, yeah i sort of cut it lower than that just because
1: yeah you get past you know the old guy you know wendy at the top and you know you know whoever you think is number two and you know the twins and you know and, and then at some point you know you're kind of in that next tier it's i've heard some people say it's a 25 player tier you know and, and, it, and it's an interesting dynamic there but for me as i have, and i i don't know i think i've put about 85 hours into this now kind of digging through and, and trying to develop and i still feel like man i still have so much work to do <laughs> in the is, you know eight days away you know to in order to have a perspective on who i think should you know this is the hardest one for me to kind of create a, a, a one through 40 you know kind of
0: board i i may not even do it it's that
1: hard but for me when i watch all these guys you know a few names like nick smith you know keontae george you know um these guys are so young (laughs) and 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 raw they have to go somewhere they can play yet they're projected like in the middle of the first round and so i'm worried about the volume of players in this draft class who aren't NBA ready. And we and we should probably start with Kaysen because that's the player the Hawks fans are really talking about. But Kaysen is as raw in a few areas as, you know, as all these other players. And it's like, I'm trying to imagine, like, how do this many 19-year-olds or guys who may, maybe turn 20 in the fall, you know, how do this many guys like that land on in situations where they can get to playing time? that they need to kind of start to realize some of their potential. And it's a, it's a math game. There aren't 17 teams in the league that are going to be, you know, making development their top priority. You know, that's probably six, you know, or something along those lines. Right. And yeah, I mean, guys can kind of go into G league for the first year and things like that, but it's, it's um you got to hope they land somewhere where the G league, you know, operation around player development is well connected to the kind of the strategic aspect of that for the front, you know, and so you you just were, I just worry about some of these guys getting into a situation where they're, they're going to waste a year or two and really kind of lose some precious development cycles, you know? So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for this class (laughs) in that, in that way. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, any, any time you hear the phrase 25 player tier that, that, that's a red flag
1: right
0: that is a red flag that means nobody is standing out i that that that's kind of scary to me
1: yeah so when so casein was supposed to work out and didn't um right. did you did you hear anything more than that around maybe no. why that didn't happen i did not yeah so so i know how i wanted to start with him if it's okay because hawks fans at least that's who i hear about most often and i think I think the perspective now as you talk to people is that he's probably not going to make it to 15.
0: Yeah, that was from my first, that was you know, the next time you let me speak. That was going to be my next question is, <laughs> do you think he's going to make it to 15?
1: I mean, it sounds like no, but it's, it's so it's interesting to me. His, you love his one-on-one defense. He's just kind of a nightmare one-on-one defender in space, but in a lot of other areas of defense, he's got some serious work to do. Screen navigation, Bad, um in tight space, he struggles to stay organized and oriented to what his role is and what his responsibility is. And you love his effort, and a lot of times his effort and, and he, he's not like a, a super athlete, but he kind of knows how to use what athleticism he has. And so he kind of at the college level, he says we could kind of make up for some of his you know other issues he's having on defense and an offense. The shot looks. Fine, you know, he shot it well, you know, at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a long way from like being ready to run a pick and roll in the NBA, like a long way. And he's a long way from kind of attacking a defender in front of him in terms of him getting any sort of actual line to the basket without getting just completely knocked off of his line to the basket. And so I, I try to imagine like, well, year three, is he playing a point guard? Because I don't know that that's ever really going to be a thing for him. You know, unless he just, I mean, by all accounts, he's a hard worker. So maybe he just really just keeps working at it. But, you know, I I watch him, you know, play, go back and and watch, you know, certain games, especially. And you're like, can he play on a decent NBA team this rookie year and contribute? I I don't think that that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, that that all rings true like it, it, it you know he's, he's not nba ready i don't think and right. it's can i guess my question would be okay he's not ready to be an nba point guard is is he good enough in other aspects that he could be an off the ball offensive player on the right team Is, you know, just to have any kind of rotation role in his first season, just to be on right. the floor, maybe yeah, as a I mean, secondary pick and roll player or
1: something like that. Yeah, yeah. That that to me, that's that's not. He's not even good enough to run the second side pick and roll. To, to me, right. Okay. Now, that, and now, I I always want to say, I, I believe in players' potential to work hard, their capacity to improve and development and develop and all that. And so, the second half of his rookie year, could could he get? Like, I don't want to say that he's unable to do that I, I i never want to limit what what these players can do what i'm saying is right now he doesn't look like a guy who's i think is going to be able to do that at all in his year spot up in the corner defend one-on-one in space and that's kind of his bread and butter now he's maybe he's not the best one-on-one defender in this in this class but for a guy who's a pure guard he's he's you know high on the list of guys that could do that but I, I just I feel like Hawkins are saying like, oh, we get Kaysen, we got our point of attack defender. And that is just my view, not mm-hmm. the case. Like I mean, maybe year two, probably more like, you know, year, you know, some the second half of year two is probably what I would guess would be kind of the timeline he's only so young, you know, and stuff like that. But um yeah, I just I wanna just I'm not trying to rain anyone's parade and just trying to say this is what I see.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we're we're still sort of, you know, we're still in the range of years where I think some of these young players were just really hampered by sort of the COVID shutdown and, and the lack of basketball organized play for, you know, whatever stretch of time where it was really cut back. Um, you know, for this class, you know, the guys who were 19 years old, they were maybe 16 at the time, 15, 16. And that's just crucial time for learning and developing. And I, I think it still just kind of lingers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was working through some lists and like I was starting to kind of fall a little bit for uh Cool Valley, and he's not gonna He's not gonna make it to 15.
0: He's but, not gonna uh, make it to 15. No, he's not gonna make it to
1: 15. <laughs> um, Like a guy that I, I, a guy who's a little different, a little different for me in terms of being probably has aspects to his game that are more NBA ready is Jordan Hawkins, the guard out of UConn. They won the title. So, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. had an ample opportunity to watch him play. He was big uh, for them. His ability to work off the ball, coming off screens, uh, shaking from the corner to the three point break, shooting on the move, sprinting into a DHL. I haven't, it kind of gave me flashbacks to Kyle sprinting towards the middle set. Kyle in no, the week's side corner sprinting all the way to the three point break on the other side of the court. Cause he has a slow defender on him. he's, you know, sprints into that 25, 20 foot cut, into that DHO, or whatever. And like, I mean, Hawkins has all of that. He, I mean, Hawkins might be, is he the best shooter in this draft? He, I mean, he's, he's on, he's got to be top three foot to five. Right. Yeah. And as a 21 year old. And a guy who played, you know, um, you know, in a an accomplished an accomplished college team, he did a lot. Um, so I feel like, you know, teams that are gonna be like, okay, if they're in that mid teens range, you know, late lottery, you know, early post lottery. I wonder if that's a guy that teams are kind of seeing like, okay, we can get him on the court earlier than some of these other guys. Um but he's not without his issues, too. Like, if he gets chased off the three-point line, he doesn't really have the skill to work his way to the basket right now. Like, he's doesn't have the strength. doesn't really have the ball handling quite yet. And then on, and on defense... He doesn't really
0: have the size. Like, he's not going to be a... No. He doesn't have the size to finish at the rim at the... You know, he's going to sure. have to develop a lot of craft to be able to finish at his size. Yeah. 6'4",
1: 186, 6'6", six, six wingspan, I think is what he had at the... Um, it's a combine measurements. Um, but man, he can shoot. He can really, really shoot the basketball. And he's yep. really smart. And it's not just like if the ball finds him, he can make a shot. He no. works to get to his spot. Yes. He really knows what he's doing. No, He
0: he, right. he knows how to play basketball in a way that absolutely the, the guys who exactly. are two years younger than him just don't, by and large.
1: Yeah. And then on defense, he's, you know, that's another issue there, too, is, you know. Yeah. He's an he's not the athlete you need to be at 6'4" 190 you know to to kind of do that so he's got to be a good team defender he's got to be a good help defender you know all those sorts of things to make that work but maybe And that's the thing the is like shooters. for
0: somebody his size though like he's going to have to be good at defense because he's going to have to play with a point guard
1: exactly. a lot of time isn't he He is and the, and the point guard might be smaller than him or same size Exactly as him. Right. Right. So that's 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 gonna be tough. So but I mean, but if you're like we're death middle middle of the first round, what we're looking for is some shooting on the second unit for now, and we'll figure out the rest of the time. That's probably pretty viable, right? Wouldn't you think that this kind seems more viable than some of the other guys in that range helping sooner than later?
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. I yeah,
1: did you have you had a chance to watch Jet Howard much? Um Jet to me, 14 points, two and a half rebounds. Um, I mean, he's a guy that's like, I'm watching him. It's like, can he play? Is he going to play some four? And, you know, small small lineup kind of four. And he's a pretty big guy. But to find a guy who has his size at age 19, he turns 20 in September, so he'll turn 20 before the season starts, um, who can handle the ball. 59 assists, 37 turnovers for a guy who's not a point guard. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a really good handle, really good creation for a guy who is not a point guard, not, you know, going to play probably some three and some four depending on kind of lineups, sizing and stuff like that. I think at 15, like, that's a really interesting guy for me. He has some defensive inexperience that shows up, like any 19-year-old is going to have. And the closer you get to the four and the further you get from the one, the more that that the defense tends to kind of matter for you to kind of be viable. But he's a guy that's like, yeah, think about like, you know, he's not a Jalen Johnson athlete. You know, he's not, he's not even a DeAndre Hunter athlete. I don't, maybe he's, maybe he's about there. DeAndre came in older than Jets. So it's hard to kind of compare that, but another big wing that can, he can shoot the ball. He can handle the ball, you know, that that's that's
0: intriguing to me okay what do you think of the bigs in this range it, it, you know who might be around at 15 it it just seems like a entirely different category of skills
1: yeah i think like who do you think only, will be
0: available yeah. and and you know what are the strengths and weaknesses you're looking for there if somehow the hawks ended up trying to take a big at 15
1: yeah, so if they're if they if they're looking at a big at fifteen, and, and to me fifteen is always a weird range for a big. Like, typically a big a big is either good enough to go like top seven or eight, or he's like twenty to thirty. It's like it's hard to find one kind of right in the middle. And if you go back and look at like the last five, six, seven drafts, finding guys right in that kind of say fourteen to twenty, like those guys uh, tend to have a hard time kind of shaking towards a starter or you know or whatever. But the only guy I can see that maybe getting there is lively. Um, right. Duke, who's got a great body, seven two. Um, but he's in my mind the reason he's not getting drafted higher than that is his athleticism is just not really what you want. And then you worry about can he only drop? Can he get to the level of the screen? Will he ever kind of? And, and he's young, he's 19, turns 20 in February, so he's he could really develop for sure. Plays a little flat footed. On defense uh-huh. and I think at the college level that was okay because in size and length he just kind of right. was able to recover and all of that but I think he has a lot of habits to advance for him to be someone that you could see playing uh, you know serious rotation than it's like in year two he's a, he's a project I think in that sense um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to be a player you know but he's, he's just he's rough Any
0: tweener bigs?
1: Not really, not to me. No, I mean, I no, yeah. I mean, um, not not that I think it's they're they're going to go up there, you know. So,
0: yeah, okay. Um, who who else strikes your fancy as someone who could be worth a, a fifteen he, pick and somebody who you know isn't like. <clears throat> any kind of strong opinions one way or the other?
1: Yeah. So, like, um, I, I, Nick Smith, like the kid from Arkansas, was a like, like he he was third in his high school class you know, by uh, in the top five. It was ranking systems, but he shot thirty eight percent. He loves to get to his pull up, not super efficient, but he's young. He's nineteen. Um, he doesn't turn twenty until April, so he'll be nineteen basically the whole his whole rookie year. Right. So, again, he needs to go somewhere he can play. He he ha, He's one of those guys he has to play, right? Mm-hmm. And, and can one year of that be in the G League? Maybe. You know, is that enough for him? Maybe. I don't know. But if I'm his agent, I want him going somewhere he can play back at point guard on a team that's okay if they only win 28, 32 games, you know. I don't think that's a fit for the Hawks. Keontae George out of Baylor, you know, kind of the same thing. He's 19, turns 20 in November, uh, he's a little bigger um and um no he's they're about the same size actually and and he's uh he also shot um 38 percent as well uh, but he has some he was top 10 in his high it, and so if you go back and kind of read what was being said about these guys with high school it's like oh these are the guys that are going to be the point guards that are kind of emerging when they're 20 21 and they just weren't efficient. And their time in college, and they're young and, and they're raw. So I mean, I just don't know how you take a guy like that and a team that's led by Trey and with Jante on the team and kind of carve out any developmental kind of path for them at all. Um, Kobe Bufkin maybe maybe a little more realistic because his game is a little bit more ready. Um, you know, and he's he's he turns twenty in September. Um, but he he has like a fairly advanced game, like to me compared to these other games. He like. His ability to read his defender, attack the read, and kind of go from there, and so I feel like he's a guy who is a little bit more capable. And defensively, he's on on ball. He's got a lot of. He's really handsy. He's got creates a lot of def- deflections and turnovers. And so he's a. I could see him maybe fitting because he can play. I could see him playing eventually. Some one and some two playing next to point guards or, or whatever kind of that lineup construction is. And I don't. I don't know if he really has the size to kind of handle any guard, you know, on the, the other team's he's going to throw out there. But I think he's more capable than some of these other guys defensively. But I still – so he's – I mean, to me, you know, like all these guys I've mentioned, Hawkins is the most NBA-ready. I'd probably say buffkin is next if, unless we're talking about um, international guys. And I don't – so uh, Ryan Repair, kid out of France, played in New Zealand – last year catches but before I even talk about him I want to ask you do you think the Hawks are a team that has interest in drafting international guys do I you think they have the information do you think that because so, there's a handful of NBA organizations that really work like to build and yeah I
0: don't know that they like necessarily like dig dig deep but at some point you know when these players come for the combines and stuff, you you know I think they can figure figure things out as a short term project even if they aren't necessarily doing doing the deep work.
1: Yeah, I mean if if you look if if I look like all of it now down this draft and I'm like who's the guy who um you know apart from Kubel I mean, a distance to Kubel right repaired right. at 6'6", like one ninety three and no time it will be two hundred seven three wingspan a plus motor. You want to talk a guy who stays in a defensive stance like every second of every defensive possession gets into the guy he's, I mean, if you kind of think about what the Hawks kind of glaring weaknesses defensively, you know, these last few years, in my mind, I'm like, man, if he's there at 15, how do I not just take him as a defensive prospect on offense? He is hard to imagine kind of how he works because the shot's not really there yet. I think he played part of this last season. With a broken hand, I, I think I think I remember reading that, which maybe affected that. But when you, if you go kind of read different input on him, like he's known as maybe like the hardest, like as hard of a worker uh, as any prospect in this class. Uh, you know, now maybe his agent has like turned, helped turn that <laughs> narrative up. You never kind of know how much of that is real or not. You know, um, but that's a guy that like totally fascinates me. What are we um, thinking about the possibility of them getting an international guy? You know, so
0: yeah. No, I, yeah, I would, I would definitely be on him to to backtrack to some of the other guys you listed. I would be very wary of Nick Smith, just because I don't personally trust small guys who aren't I don't think he's an efficient passer I don't think he's anywhere ready to be sort of an NBA playmaker I think he looks for his his pull up too much and so I would be wary of all of them but I guess in some order from from sort of best to worst I think I would sort of go Buffin, Buffkin Keontae and then Nick Smith Um, be wary of all three of them as being you know sort of Guards who I wouldn't necessarily trust as playmakers for a long time until they had a lot of reps. Like, there are a lot of reps yeah. away from from being efficient playmakers. I think. I don't think they're sort of natural playmakers, but uh, you know, if, if I had to pick sort of one of those three, I would go with Bufkin, and I'd be really worried about Nick Smith. I just, it's hard to see. I don't know that he's going to have that kind of vision that he would need. You know, for somebody that you'd want to have the ball in their hands that much that's just a red flag. If, if, you know, it's going to be too easy for defenses to just say, Hey, what he's not going to do is see the floor. So, you know, we can defend accordingly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. It, 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 it And again, that kind of speaks to um, just how short though, I mean, normally at 15, you're like, there's eight guys, you know, I think, you know, have different justifications for being able to kind of maybe work. You know, and 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 you're sitting at 15. You're like, I think there's three I can like. For me, I have like a list of like three guys. The last guy I want to mention was um, uh, Brandon Pajemski, uh, kid out of Santa Clara. He transferred from Illinois. I I don't think a lot of people know who he is. Um, can score the basketball. Can really really score the ball. Six three two oh four. Just. I, he slotted more kind of late first round, but that's the guy who I think is a sleeper. Like, oh, he's a good 26, 27, but you're going to see him kind of on a second unit, really producing a lot of offense at some point in his career. So I think it would be a reach for the Hawks, but kind of got mine there. But repair, I think is maybe my first choice right there with um, Jet Howard, Kobe, and wouldn't mind Jordan Hawkins, but they wanted to make that work. So that's kind of where I am.